Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday? Try DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code IHEART. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code IHEART. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Virginia only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. Welcome back to another episode of the Colts Beat, brought to you by the Say It Again Network. Rondo Griffin, Anthony Gulick, your host as always. We're here, Anthony, post week two. Unfortunately, the Colts are. 0-2 after a tough game with the Rams. Unfortunately, it does end in defeat 27-24 in favor of LA. We did see some better showing from this Colts team, you know, and we'll get into it a little bit later. But so first and foremost, Anthony, your immediate thoughts after the game on Sunday. Yeah, immediate thoughts after the game. Um, I was just um, you know, really disappointed on how uh, we came out. I thought that there was a lot of missed opportunities, um, like we're about to get into, um, you know, empty trips to the red zone twice. Uh, the defense didn't play too good. Um, you know, Matt Stafford had definitely had his way. Uh, he he threw for, uh, I want to say, 300 yards, and uh, he had an interception, but he still had his way. And, you know, I really, um, I really was very t- disappointed on how we played um, – on offense in the red zone, like I said, plus the offensive line, they didn't really come up too hot. So, uh, you know, I really thought that we were going to get them this game. Um, like I said, 27-24, it's a, a high-scoring game right there. Um, you know, came within the possession, but I was just, uh, I was just upset on, on um, you know, all the uh, blown opportunities. It feels like a game from uh, 2019, all those games that we could have won. Yeah, the, the disappointing is probably the perfect word. We we definitely had a chance to come away with a W. Obviously, mentioned the close score, you and I. And this is one of those games where the, the scoreboard does tell the full story. It really was that close, a very closely contested game with guys who we have said on previous shows are the Ra- the Rams are probably are definitely my pick to probably come out of the NFC. You know, as early as it is, but the Matt Stafford move, bringing him on was a perfect move. But let, let's get into the specifics, if you will. Let, let's talk the defense, and let's start with the negative. Let, let's get it out the way. 
And Anthony, I, I've got to ask because we 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 know we're supposed to be fixed, but w- where is this pass rush? What is going on? Yeah, the pass rush, man, it's not really coming up. Uh, DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay have been playing pretty good, but um, you know, a lot of the other guys, uh, it's just really confusing to see uh, Al Quiddy Muhammad uh, still get a big portion of the snaps along with um, along with you know uh, Toure and Banigou just you know not getting a big percentage of the snaps. I'm pretty sure uh, Terrell only had 11 and uh, Bandigo only had four snaps in this game. And that's really, it really sucks to see. Um, but, um, you know, a bunch of people do forget that our second round pick from this draft, Dio Dangbo, he's going to be back soon. I mean, uh, actually not, not soon, but we know he's going to be back at some point this season. He's definitely going to improve the pass rush at some point. But, um, um, like I said, where is the pass rush? Uh, the pass rush is non-existent right now, and uh, hopefully it does get better. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of big-name guys on our on our defensive line, but they still usually do show up. So I just um, I'm just curious to see how we're going to handle all this. Uh, you know, you know, in in the end, next few weeks prior. Yeah, and I think annoying when it comes to the pass rush and the defense is the perfect word. Yeah, I, I appeared on Culture Shock and shout out to Marcus and them a couple of days ago talking about the game and it's look this cover two thing only works when you have a pass rush we were missing our number one corner like matt ibrafus you've got to do something more than rush four as i as, as i said on that show where, where's the kenny mo blitz I mean, typically when you call that, he gets back there. You're talking about Matt Stafford, a guy. He's not a scrambler. He, he's a absolutely. He's a good quarterback, but he's a pocket guy. Let's make him move a little bit. Let's bring some pressure. Let's bring a different. It, it's really annoying sitting there, sending four, sitting back in coverage because that crap is not going to cut it against these pocket presence quarterbacks who can just dot you all up. And we saw it week one with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, and we saw it again this week with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. You've got to try something different, especially since we're missing our number one corner. Yeah, like you said, uh, we got to try something different uh, with this cover two scheme. And it, and, it, and it only works if we have a pass rush. You know, my instant thought, um, you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of Colts fans probably, you know, weren't thinking about this, but Justin Houston, man. Watching the Ravens and Chiefs game, there was a really exciting game Sunday night. Justin Houston came up and made some big plays, and I was thinking, "Damn, our pass rush right now really stinks." You know, what if we still had Justin Houston on the edge? I know he loved, he won a lot of money, but you got to be be willing to pay players and make moves if you want to win games. And you know, it's it's a lot of pressure on Quiddy Pay. Just you know, he he he's a rookie. You know, as a rookie, you're not expected to go ahead and and just, you know, instantly transform a defensive line unless you're like Chase Young or, or some, you know, rare specimen. Um, it's just not going to happen. And we can't have all these unrealistic expectations by just letting these guys go. Uh, well, we haven't touched on this yet, but we let Anthony Walker go and the line blacks have been playing like garbage lately. And, you know, is that a testament to, you know, they, are they just in a slump or do we really miss Anthony Walker that much? So I think that you know something has to change within this defense. Matt Eberflus is a smart guy; he's going to he's going to figure it out. But you know uh, that, that, that that's just a few things that I've been seeing. I love that you brought up Anthony Walker because clearly that move is bigger than we all anticipated. We when the news got that we weren't going to bring him back, the Browns ended up signing him. 
him, but we knew firsthand that he was not coming back. We were all disappointed. However, we felt comfort in knowing that Bobby Okariki showed us some stuff last season. We think he can handle a bigger role in actually being the mic. It's early. Maybe we shouldn't overreact, but I, I think I agree with you. I think it is pretty telling how the defense just kind of looks less organized, subbing out Walker and entering in Bobby Okariki as the mic, because that's been the big difference. Anthony Walker was the one getting the play calls, one not making the adjustments. He essentially the quarterback of the defense. That role now falls to Bobby Okariki, who we've seen. He's a very good linebacker. He still has room to grow as a young guy only in year number three, but hey, maybe Walker was the piece keeping it together. It's still early, but that might be a move that comes back to haunt us. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely a move, you know, that it's. I feel like it's going to haunt us. Um, you know, Bobby Okariki, like you said, he showed flashes, but it like starting off that Seattle game, he looked terrible. Um, he he was the reason why um, I think it was Seattle's second touchdown at Gerald Everett to the tight end right over the middle. It was Okariki's fault, and you could see you could see Leonard look at him and start yelling at him um, because he was supposed to be um, in a certain spot. And, you know, the tight end just, just caught it right over the middle um, where, where Okariki was supposed to be. Um, so, like you said, we've showed – he's showed the, you know, flashes that we like to see. Um, but, you know, he's still a young player and he's still trying to figure it out. And plus, you know, um, like everybody noted – in the offseason, uh, Walker is Leonard's best friend, and it really just sucks, you know, just losing that that player who, like you said, is the coach of the defense, and he was a big part of the chemistry. So I was really disappointed to see Anthony Walker go in the offseason, um, along with Justin Hughes, like I said earlier. Um, and I think that those two losses are uh, really big, and they're hurting our defense right now. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing about football, especially when, when you roster so many players, the three-man roster, you know, 11 people are on the field at the same time. You're going to have guys who slip under radar, very underrated. We, As we said with Andy Walker in his time on the Colts, very underrated linebacker, very smart player. And he, and obviously Leonard gets all the attention. By all means, Leonard is loud, but Walker's the tackle guy. You know, Leonard, yes, Leonard absolutely makes splash plays, but Anthony Walker is a was a very important piece of this team. And while it is, again, early, and by all means, Bobby Okereke can make us eat what we're saying right now, he definitely had an impact. But let, let's not harp too much on the negative because this was at least a better showing than what we saw in week one. You know, you and I both predicted this. We, we said that this Colts team was going to come out and play better, and they certainly did. You you hold Matt Stafford a very potent offense of 27 points, 10 in the first half. Never was this team out of the game. They always had a chance to come up with the win. So, Anthony, we talked the negative Let's give a little praise. What can we say about the defense and what they've fixed and improved from week one, and what can we expect going forward, hopefully? Yeah, I think the defense um, at certain at certain points played really well. Um, you, you know, obviously uh, there was that big splash play with uh, Car Willis getting that interception. Um, you know, we didn't do a great job with Cooper Cup, but everybody else on their roster, uh, I feel like we, we did a pretty good job holding them down. Um, it could have been worse. Robert Woods could have also went off. But um, the defense def- definitely got uh, got some big stops when um, we needed to, uh, especially in the fourth quarter when the Rams had the ball with two and a half minutes left. Um, the Rams could have came down and scored, but we held them to a field goal there. Um, unfortunately, Carson Wentz did not come back uh, on the uh, next drive prior. But, um, 
you know, I think I think, I think the defense they showed more hearts. Uh, they did play better, um, and like you said, it it was positive to see them uh, with a better showing this week. It sucks that we didn't come up with the win, but um, even with all the mistakes, we did still have some positives um, with, with how the defense played. Would have liked to see a better pass rush, a eh? but you did get him once. You did hit him three times. It was a, definitely a better showing than you saw on Russell Wilson. And hey, let's talk about special teams because I mean we all know about the block punt. Dueling gets a touchdown, but who's there on the stop? My guy, number 45, EJ Speed. Make those plays when you can. You you love to see it. It was a big momentum turner, you know, and ultimately gave us gave us the lead. Almost looked like we were we weren't gonna look back for in an end that way, but credit where it's due. The defense came to play, put the offenses in position. Yes, Cooper Cup went wild, and honestly and ironically, we did predict that. But never were we out of it. And we look to see better things from that. You got the Titans next week. Another tough, potent offense. So we'll see what happens with that. But let's jump to the offensive side of the ball. And let's, again, start with the negative. And then we get Eric Fisher back. Plays almost all of the offensive snaps. They said they announced before the game that he was going to be on a snap count. He was not going to get the full 100%. We understand Braden Smith did not play. But, Anthony, where is this quality O-line that we said we were going to have and we promised Carson Wentz going in? Yeah, man, it really just it sucks to see the offensive line playing like crap. And I don't know, man. It's just so weird to see, you know, players playing at such a high level for the past two to three years, offensive line is something that we normally don't have to worry about, and they just haven't shown up except for Nelson. Um, but, you know, uh, like players like Ryan Kelly not looking good. Like that's so surprising to see Ryan Kelly not look good, along with Braden Smith in week one. Uh, it's just – it just baffles me. I don't know what I don't know what else to say. That, that's probably the most, you know – it's probably like the thing that I'm most shocked about because, you know, the defense in years past, you know, teams have been thrown all over us and whatnot, you know, teams, teams have scored on us, but um, you know, the offensive line has just been something that we haven't had to worry about. And to see it like just have been so bad and just have seen Carson Wentz take so much abuse and get hurt so much. I mean, not hurt so much. I mean, technically, yeah, now he is, but like take so many hits. Um, it just sucks to see. Um, and I'm I'm just super surprised. Yeah, you know, because it, it was a thing that nearly all Colts content creators brought up and mentioned in the offseason once the move was made. It was essentially a public service announcement strictly to Carson Wentz of, hey, we have all of the pieces. All you need to do is come in here and not mess it up. Let our pieces help you. And Again, small sample size, but it, it's still a bad outlook. It's literally been the opposite. Carson Wentz has come in and been bailing us out. And as a person who was against the move, in two games where both losses, where you could say the offense was bad, Carson Wentz was bad, Carson Wentz has been the bright side of this offense. Like people don't need people need to understand this. He's done. He's been doing a lot. He's kept he kept us in the game. Obviously, as a defense, but in terms of offensively, he kept us in the game last week. And week one against Seattle, even though it was a loss, 
He himself did not play too badly. But I don't know about you, Anthony. I'm getting flashbacks to Andrew Luck, and I don't like seeing my quarterback getting hit like that, especially in this case where the O-line is supposed to be the best part of the offense. Yeah, like you said, there's definitely some flashbacks to Andrew Luck, and that is not something to be happy about. Um, man, this really, like I said, it just sucks. It really sucks to see Carson Wentz hit like this. And you and you are absolutely correct. Every Colts you know, content creator and, you know, person in general um like like in the uh in the big media was like you know what Carson Wentz he doesn't have to do much you know he's got a line to protect him all he has to do is just go in there and just be a decent quarterback and the Colts are going to be a good team he doesn't have to go and be you know Superman in reality he's had to have been Superman because the offensive line has just been you know sucking I don't even I don't know how else to how else to to put it and it's just super like weird to me um like I said, why? Like they've even added players in the. Off- I mean, uh, I mean, I added personnel in the off season. Uh, we added uh, Kevin Mawai. Mo- I think his name is. He's he's a Hall of Famer offensive lineman, and and like he's on the offensive line staff. And it's just it's crazy to see like a guy like that come in onto our coaching staff, and and you you think like wow, like like what what like. Um, is you know Nelson's in a perfect situation along with Kelly and these guys. They get a hall of like one of one of their uh, offensive line coaches. You know has a spot in the football hall of fame. He has a gold jacket from playing you know with the Jets and everything like that in his playing career. So it's just it's just crazy to me you know because the offensive line is just something that we never worry about and it's just crazy how they haven't shown up and and like you said Wentz hasn't played bad. Wentz hasn't played bad at all. I. I'm actually very happy how Wentz played. You know, I was definitely a fan. I was definitely a fan of the move uh, in the offseason. I know that you were against it, but uh, I was actually a fan of the move. Um, and, uh, you know, this 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 Carson Wentz that we've seen, this is this is definitely the the Carson Wentz that I thought that would be playing uh, the, uh, the uh, type of Carson Wentz football that we've been seeing from him. This is the Carson Wentz that I thought that, that would be uh, playing for for the uh, Colts, man. Like, I think that, you know, those long passes to Pittman and everything like that, that's the type of stuff that I expected to see to uh, see from Carson Wentz. Um, you know, in in the first game, he played really, uh, even though he was getting hit, he still played very grounded. He, you know, he didn't really uh, go too hard. He, there was a lot of check downs, but he took more uh, deep shots this game, and I really, I really loved seeing that. But um, if he's going to be uh, getting hit more, um, and if he's going to be getting hit like this, I am. I don't know how this year's going to go. Yeah, agreed. And it's just funny because, again, back to everyone and their mother, all content creators saying that Wentz is going to have protection. You know, he's not going to get touched. You compare it to last year with the Eagles, he got sacked fifty times and only played thirteen of the games. To whereas Philip Rivers with us only got sacked nineteen times for an entire season, give or take his mobility. Maybe five of those could have been prevented. Let's go back to last season. Phillip Rivers didn't get sacked six times until week seven. We're at week two, and Wentz has already been sacked six times. I understand we didn't have Fisher in week one, but you still had four of the five guys were used to proving quality protection. Missing one guy, and again, even now put it this way, we made the argument of how... Anthony Walker might have been a bigger loss than we're, all, than we're all expecting. That's fine. 
we understood that Anthony Casanzo leaving was a problem because that guy was a proven, you know, league recognized elite left tackle. Davenport won the job. It's a little scary that he played so badly because he played better than Holden and Tevi in the preseason. So that's scary. I think it also kind of just shows you how where the gap is for talented at that at the offensive line position. Because if if we saw the nightmare of LaRaven Clark and Chaz Green and thinking, oh, it, it can't get worse, enter Davenport. So the the gap is huge, clearly. You get Eric Fisher back, we lose Braden Smith. Again, I understand it's not the full five that it's supposed to be, but Carson Wentz has no business behind our O-line, whoever's there. At least when you have three of the pieces there, four of the pieces there, he has no business getting sacked six times and being hit 22 times in two weeks. Yeah, it's true. Carson Wentz really has no business uh, getting hit that much. And, um, you know, like you said, we've we've really invested a lot into this offensive line. And the fact that uh, that Davenport outplayed Sam Tevy and Will Holden, man, like it's just it's just crazy to see the talent gap. And it's 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 hard to find um, good backups in the NFL. Uh, a lot of these guys. You know that there's a big drop off. They're either a scrub or you know a really good player. Um, you know, start starter level player. You know, um, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm just scared. I don't know what what else what else to say really. I don't know what's gonna go on with or, or what or what's gonna happen with even even Jacob Eason next week. I'm used to seeing I'm used to seeing you know guys on this offensive line do really well and they're not doing too hot. So I'm, I'm praying for Jacob Easton. We'll see what happens. Well, we'll see what happens indeed. And obviously, and one more thing before I'm done, you know, poking fun at the offensive line or punching holes at them. The Colts, or actually I'll, I'll post it this way, Anthony, because it's not, so it's not the Colts. Do you know which team in the league ranks number one in terms of money on the offensive line for this season? Ooh, I don't know. I would say the Saints maybe. Jacksonville is one. Wow. We're number two. Now, Jacksonville, we understand whatever. But we're number two. We, we've seen these guys proven. Braden Smith deserved that money. Ryan Kelly deserves the money he has. When, when Big Q gets paid, he deserves it. We need to play like it. But like, look, that's it. Look, I'm done with the negative. I'm done picking on the O-line. They'll obviously get it together. Eventually, we'll have the full starting five that we're supposed to have. Let's talk positive, and that is that Michael Pittman had himself a game, and that is exactly what we want to see. One, especially since we're missing T.Y. Hilton, but two, because again, talking this youth movement, talking the receivers in that room, someone's got to step up because T.Y. Hilton's out, but someone's also got to step up because that number one spot needs to be contained. Michael Pittman had himself a game. Talk about it. Yeah, I love the, the games from uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, I think that's, that's basically what's going to happen if you give him a lot of targets. Week one, he didn't really get a lot of targets, but um, he got he got above 10 targets this week, and I was really impressed with what he did with the ball. Uh, I was saying it uh, myself uh, the entire offseason. I think that Michael Pittman has special yard after catch um, 
ability, and I just think he's going to be a really good receiver. He's going to be an under-the-radar guy for sure, but I think he's going to be a really good receiver in this league. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be that guy in T.Y.'s absence to really fill in and uh, and do and do some good things. But I don't think, you know, we can get to that level, you know, now with Jacob Eason. Uh, with Jacob Eason, that quarterback, uh, we haven't really touched on it on Wentz's injury yet. But, uh, you know, Jacob Eason is going to be in there, a quarterback now. And he does have some chemistry with Pittman. He's been working well in the, in the offseason. But uh, I don't think he's going to be putting up um, – you know, stat lines uh, like this uh, while while Carson is out. But um, otherwise, I really love what I saw from Michael Pittman, um, and he's going to be, uh, you know, our number one guy uh, while T.Y. is out. Yeah, and a thing I think I've said when kind of just talking about pass catchers around the league is every team, or at least the goal, is to have that, that bailout guy, that just throw it, I'll catch it. We got that from Pittman last week. You know, just throw it. I'll be there. I'm your bailout guy. Come to me when you're in trouble. T.Y. has been our guy for years. I've long said that I think Wentz's life, O-line or not, will get easier when he has T.Y. back because that will at least be a proven guy who's been the bailout guy. But, again, he's out. Someone's got to step up and be that guy. It, it seemed like it was going to be Zach Pascal, and by all means, I wouldn't be against that, but Pittman is the guy who it's supposed to be. He was slated for this. He was drafted for this. He's a, built for this in terms of his body stature. He, you know, he needs to be the guy. He needs to be the just throw it, I'll catch it guy for this team, Whether really whether T.Y. is there or not, but especially because T.Y. is out. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he was definitely that, that you know, just – just that um, that guy that you just throw it to and 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 hopefully he catches it. He was he was that guy for us in week two and week one, uh, not so much. But in week two he really came along and I was really excited to uh, to see, you know, his growth from in, you know in two weeks because everybody was was talking about how Pittman was going to do against Seattle's uh, unknown corners and you know we 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 went up against the better players in my opinion uh, this week and. And he did really well. So with with Ty out, I think that Michael Pittman is going to feast. But uh, just matters who's playing quarterback to me. Yeah, you know, and hopefully Pittman proves to be one of those QB proof guys. You know, I re- try to stay up the negative, but hey, we you know we talked about a little bit of how we took Paris Campbell. We could add Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has been built a nice young career for himself in Washington, and he's shown to kind of be QB proof playing with his 11th different quarterback. You you know, you want to see that from us. You could probably even argue maybe T.Y. Hill is T.Y. Hilton QB proof. He's kind of had a consistent guy under center, for, except for like these past couple of years. It, so we'll, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Easton. So I guess we'll get into that a little bit. We know at the end of the game that Wentz, unfortunately, went down with the injury. He could not come back in. Enter Eason with the chance to really kind of put himself in Colts folklore, if you will. A two-minute drill down by three. Ultimately, welcome to the league. gets picked off by Ramsey. <laughs> but so, like, I mean, I've... There's oh, no man. other way to put it, right? And it's funny enough because they even said it on the broadcast that they had not called Ramsey's name once, which by all means, like, hate him or love him. He's probably the best corner in the league. There's a reason why we're avoiding him. I, I said it. I watched the game. I was just like, oh, oh, 
You're you're new in the league. You're essentially a rookie. Redshirted last year. Yes, by all means, on your second ever official throw, test that guy. <laughs> oh man, I, I don't I don't know about Jacob Eason, man. I've I've said this on Twitter uh, in the past. I'm just I'm all out on this guy. Um, you know, I had I had faith in him in the past. I still think he can succeed in this system. If Carson Wentz can't really succeed in this system because he's getting hit. What the hell is Jacob Eason going to do? Uh, that's just my take on it. And, you know, unpopular opinion, Colts fans, you guys aren't going to like this take, but we got to side Camp Newton or or a guy like – are we going to make a trade for a guy like Nick Foles or something like that, man? If we don't want this season to be down in the dumps, I think we got to trade for Nick Foles. Everybody's thinking, oh, Anthony, man, you're, that's crazy. Like, that, I'm totally against that. You know, I watched the video where Cam Newton explains his situation. He would have been – he would have been a um, Mac Jones's backup. He would have been there for him. He would have been, you know, that guy for for uh, uh, for uh, Mac Jones just being, you know, his his mentor and everything like that. And Bill Belichick just just cut him to avoid, even though he's better than Brian Hoyer. You know, Bill Belichick just cut him uh, because he thought he would be a you know a locker room issue. But Cam Newton's not trying to be a locker room issue. He's trying to have a job in the NFL. Same same thing here with Nick Foles. Nick Foles. A bunch of people think by by trading for Nick Foles, that that uh, Nick Foles is going to be an issue for for Carson Wentz, but Nick Foles only wants the best for Carson Wentz. He showed that he's he's just always there for him, and he's he's had no issue being a second, third string guy. Nick Foles can win us some games. I don't, I don't I don't really know like what it is for Colts fans. Sometimes I think like people are like really satisfied with the guys with no locker room issues, but sometimes that guy won't get it done for you. Jacob Beeson, he's been in the system for a year, but, but literally Nick Foles won the Super Bowl with Frank Reich. That's, that's a lot, that's, that's a lot more than, you know, than Jacob Eason's one year in the system. And we talked about this, you know, with James, um, in this, um, in our last show, talking about the uh, preview before the Rams game, you got to make moves in the NFL to win games. I think that, you know, Chris Ballard has shown that he wants to make moves, but, you know, we can't be satisfied with mediocrity. We can't be satisfied with freaking Sam Ellinger and Jacob Beeson. You, you, you know, if we really want security and stuff like that at the backup quarterback, go out and get Nick Foles. You want to save your season? You want to save your season because, you know, Carson was is injury prone. If you want to save your season, go out and get Nick Foles. Go out and get Cam Newton. Go out and, you know, get a high quality backup. We who knows we could have traded for Gardner Minshew instead of you know uh, Philly grabbing him like I don't know I feel like sometimes we play too safe and we're just satisfied with mediocrity um, but you know that's that's like a whole other story but man I'm just I'm not I'm not all in on Jacob Beeson like everybody else is yeah see I, I don't know Nick Nick Foles I, I can't do it Here, here's my thing with that. By all means, he won Super Bowl Philly with Frank Reich, backing Carson Wentz in the system. Great. I think that was a one-year wonder thing because then he gets paid by the Jaguars, ultimately flops there. Now, say what you will. Obviously, I'm not going to say it was an easy situation in Jacksonville. Obviously, a bottom-tier franchise. Didn't necessarily have the pieces he had in Philly. But then you go to Chicago. And now, I'm not saying Chicago offensively is this juggernaut. But Chicago at that time when they picked up Foles was a quarterback away. And Foles couldn't even beat out Trubisky. And then even when he did, he still wasn't that special. The fact that he's sitting there now 
underneath Fields and Dalton tells me that that that, that is done. I, I don't want him not to mention his contract. I really don't want that contract on this roster. Now, Cam Newton's an interesting one. Cam Newton, as close as you remember, I wanted him that offseason when we picked up Phillip Rivers. I thought Cam was primed for a comeback. I thought the league was making a mistake when they let the Patriots pick him up because I thought Bill Belichick was going to revive MVP Cam. And we didn't get that. You could talk about the circumstance. I've been a defender on the circumstance. It wasn't tough. No preseason, no training camp. He was signed very late. Essentially had no receivers. He had Julian Edelman and then a bunch of practice squad guys. Jacoby Myers was nice, built himself, but he really had no options. But I don't think Cam Noon is the answer either. I think, and I don't want to say unfortunately, but I think by default, we are forced to trust Eason. He sat for a year behind Rivers and Jacoby. He's been in the system. We were comfortable with how he played in preseason. He got the majority and the bulk of the number one reps in training camp. And now again, and I said, I just literally just said a couple minutes ago, I would feel more comfortable if T.Y. Hilton was on the field because there's your safety blanket. But against the Titans, let's remember, that defense isn't... In terms of Rams, Seahawks, and now Titans, the Titans are the worst of those three. It's not too tough of a test for his first start to go up against the Titans. It is a road game. You're going to face some challenges there. But again... I think I'm okay giving Eason a shot here. I don't think it's a it's the right timing to bring in a guy off the street and immediately force him to end a starting. Yeah, I definitely see your point there. Um, my my only uh, point to add on to that is you know I'm just you know after seeing Eason in preseason, I'm I'm just like so much of like not a fan of him that like I think a guy off the street would be better than him. But like you said. Um, the Titans defense isn't great, but their offense really carried. And, you know, against against Seattle week one, our offense really didn't do much, and their offense was cooking against Seattle. So, um, you know, the Titans defense, they aren't great, but Jacob Eason, we might have to be playing from behind because, um, you know, Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and usually – we're, we're one of the uh, best teams to stop in the run. We haven't been doing that lately. And plus, anyways, even though that we've been good at stopping the run, Derrick Henry usually kills us anyways. So I think that we're going to be playing from behind. And even then, um, Jacob Beeson, I don't think he's going to be doing too hot. And, and like I said, he's in a position to succeed. That's if everybody around him, around him does well. Um, but, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see on – on Sunday, you know, it's, it's, it's a road game in the division. But um, it's just my opinion. I don't think uh, Jacob Eason, he's going to be going crazy just from, like, his, his, um, his uh, you know, his choices that he makes and stuff like that. He has all the intangibles. I just don't think he's there yet, which is why I think we're kind of screwed. Yeah, you know, and I can see that. But I think the silver lining on this is that, and we'll see as practice goes on, you know, it's only Tuesday as we're, as time we're recording this. We'll see throughout the week in practice this week. Eason might get the, the regular starting O-line. You know, Fisher, should, I think Fisher proved that he can take all the snaps. You're going to have Big Q. You're going to have Ryan Kelly. You're going to have Glowinski. 
Braid is Braden Smith going to be there? That's what we need to know. But if you have him, that means you have the original starting five that you're supposed to have. So he should be getting the best protection possible, and he should not be getting touched. We know Tennessee's pass rush is similar to ours. Ours might even be slightly better. So it's the perfect, I would say, in terms of the recent schedule. Yeah, we do play the Jets later, but I don't. Wentz is going to be back by then. I, I think this is the perfect test for Eason because it's not necessarily a cakewalk opponent. You're going to get tested, but at least of right now, and we'll see as the week goes progresses, he should have the starting O-line, and that should make his life easier. That's true. Um, you know, he should have the starting offensive line, and it, it should make his life easier. But, um, you know, I'm just curious to see how they come out because uh, Braden Smith was healthy in week one, um, and he looked terrible. So hopefully these guys come back and uh, and they all look you know better than they did uh, when they were healthy. Along with like uh, guys like Glowinski. Uh, Glowinski, he he played last week and he was healthy, but he didn't look too hot himself. I get that you're playing against Aaron Donald, but he still didn't look too hot. So I'm just curious to see, even with the starting offensive line there, I want to see how um, how they play as a whole because if they can't protect Jason, Jacob Eason, then you know. We're, we're screwed. Yeah, you know, and we, we've talked about it. The O-line really is the bread and butter of this team. They protect the quarterback. You know, Phillip Rivers didn't get touched. is isn't supposed to get touched. They also open up the run game, you know, and maybe maybe Taylor's just a slow starter, but, you know, we, we haven't seen that angry run game yet. I mean, he's had some very nice flashes, absolutely very nice flashes, but – you know, we, we, we want to see 100-yard games from him. You know, and I, I said this when I was on, again, when I was on Culture Shock. Why is it, at least in recent history, it's either our backs go off and our receivers do nothing or the receivers go off and the backs do nothing? Why can't we get that consistency from both sides? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it, it, it's a little frustrating when not, again, it's week two, it's early. Like we told you guys after week one, we do not need to hit the panic button. Anthony, now I believe after week one, I believe you said you were at a five or a six. Has that panic number changed with after the game of week two and where we're sitting presently with Eason? It's looking like Eason's going to start this week. Yeah, my panic level is like a six or a seven now. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, like I said, he did a good, um, he did a good position to succeed. Uh, but man, I am. I'm scared for Jacob Ethan, man. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, um, um, you, you know, him starting and, you know, obviously if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt, um, yeah, if he if he was playing this game, I'd be so confident heading into Tennessee. Uh, but even with Tennessee's bad defense, I'm still scared because you know, it's it's Jacob Eason's, uh, it's his redshirt year, but uh, you know, it's his first year being active. Uh, we don't really know uh, what he's gonna do. His second, you know, throw of the game. He he threw it right to the best corner in the NFL, like his way. Like I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to. I'm I'm usually like looking for positives in situations, but you know, I'm trying to I'm kind of trying to change my view on things because if I just I feel like if I'm just you know going trying to look for too many positives, then I'm not looking clearly here. And I was just I, I've just like seen a lot of film. In the past few days on Eason in the preseason and last game, and you know, um, it's kind of unfair because Jacob Eason he got thrown into a uh, 
a tough situation. Uh, you know, you basically tie game or you're down three with uh with 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 two minutes left against a really good team. So, you know, he's got his nerves going through him and everything, but you know, this is a, a tough situation too. You're going, you know, your team is 0-2 and you're you're going on the road in a tough place to play. You know, Tennessee is probably our biggest rival in this division. Uh, past few years, you know, obviously we don't like them. They don't like us. And that's a lot to put on a rookie quarterback. So uh, my, 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 uh, my stress levels, it's definitely up to like a six or a seven, you know, and uh, everything you said is fair. I can't necessarily argue against any of your points, but I can be the calming ear for Colts fans. Cause here's why my panic button is still just like last week. I said it's a two this week. It's only a three. And, and here's why. We understood coming in this first five-game stretch, Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Ravens, Dolphins, we understand that's going to be tough. But here's the thing. We get four games against Jacksonville and, and the Texans, and then we get the Jets. Those are five wins we should easily make up. We also understand that our schedule gets exponentially easier after these first five games i believe officially in the nfl we have the third toughest ranked schedule as of right now or sorry third easiest schedule as of right now i I mentioned the first five games will we get those five should be cakewalk games this is nothing but growing pains by all means, it sucks and it's annoying, and you don't want to see your team lose. You know, everyone expects to go 17, 16 and 0, 17 and 0 this year. I get that. But I don't think we need to hit the panic button because, again, we understood coming in the first five game stretch is going to be tough. We get five easy cakewalk games later. We don't even have, we're not, remember, we get T.Y. Hilton back week four. Hopefully, supposedly should. We haven't heard anything negative on his front yet. We'll probably get more info after the game this week. Again, the start with with Fisher coming back as early as he did, we're gonna get that starting O line back earlier than we were all expecting. We were. I think I know you myself, I believe you said probably not getting Fisher back till week four, week five. We got him back in week two, and he's shown that he can play full snaps. So that's a good sign. We're and let's let's talk about Wentz. Even with the terrible O-line, he has still looked good. So let's just imagine how much better he's going to look when our O-line gets their stuff together. I think we're going to be fine. It's going to be rough. It's going to be annoying. By all means, we could possibly lose this week. But after that week five game, it gets a lot easier for us, and I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, like you said, um, you know, we we get four games against the uh, against the Texans, the Jaguars, and that one game against the Jets. So you know, the the season in general, um, I'm not too worried. But like just right now, as of right now, I would say about a six or seven. I'm getting I'm pretty worried right now. But like you said, yeah, um, it's a long 17 game season, and there's lots of time for these guys to improve. There's lots of time for in season moves to be made. So um, I'm. I'm not I'm not too worried about the season as a whole, but like while Wentz is injured, um, you know, I'm not too confident. But you know, there's also one thing that we didn't mention. Yeah, um, you know, we're we're playing the Dolphins uh, week four in um, um, uh, in Miami, and uh, you know, former Colts quarterback Jacoby Brissett is under center right now because Tua got hurt. So 
you know, it's going to be the battle of the backups if Tua's not back because he's been an injury-prone quarterback. Um, you know, it's going to be us against Jacoby Brissett, and even there, like, that's that's a game where I'm pretty confident in uh, playing against Jacoby Brissett. So we can even pencil in that one, um, too. So that's six games right there where we have, you know, a, a great chance to win. Um, so I'm, I'm not too worried as a whole just while Wentz is out. I'm, yeah, you know, and that's fair, and I get it. And, hey, but like I said, it's a lot. You, actually, you said it. It's a long season. We just got to relax. But that's going to end it for this episode. First and foremost, we thank you guys for tuning in and listening because what we get to do here is not possible without, obviously, you guys, the listeners. If you're not already, please be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at SIA Colts Beat. You guys met our goal in helping us reach 1k we want to reward you guys that jonathan taylor giveaway is coming i have a graphic coming once i get that it will be posted on twitter all of the instructions to enter said contest will come on that post so please be sure to keep those notifications ready because i promise you guys it's coming soon i've also got a couple of other sneaky giveaways on the way just due to the delay on that one also, be sure to download the app Rave On, Rave On Sports, where you get you the viewer get to have your voice. It's an absolutely great app. I had the privilege of hosting the battle chat last week against the Rams. Ironically enough, with the creator himself or the co-creator in the room, by all means, as I've said, it's a great platform to interact live action with your fellow fans while you're all watching the game. And even you can talk smack a little bit with the visitor fans who also are in there. I will be hosting another one this week. I'll get the details for you guys on that soon, but please go ahead and download rave on available on iOS and Android. But in terms of this episode, it's on behalf of myself, Anthony Colts Beat, the Say It Again Network. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening. And as always, that is Colts Beat, and we are out. It's the JCPenney Mother's Day Sale. Shop now and save on gifts mom will love. Brighten her day with jewelry up to 70% off with coupon. Find something special at our storewide Liz event with savings up to 40% off. Plus extended store hours Friday and Saturday. This Mother's Day, make her day truly monumental. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 5-8. Liz event offer good through 5-16. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.